Welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. I'm your host, James Graham, and it is a joy to be with you today. In this episode, we will begin with a topic entitled, Avoid Self-Hate. That is so important because it is a problem that a lot of people suffer with. Then we will transition to our segment, How Did We Get Here?, followed by our hobbies and special interest section, and then conclude with our sunflower message. As mentioned every week, if you have something on your mind that you'd like to discuss, maybe you just have an idea or a concern, possibly a special interest, make sure that you get that to us because other listeners would love to hear it. And all are encouraged to email us these ideas at admin at livelaughtalk.com. In addition, if you're listening on Spotify, you can actually send a voice memo to let us know about your ideas. You can also comment there when you listen to the podcast and participate in a poll. But wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Good Pods, tune in, follow us so that you're notified of new episodes as they're released. The topic that we will begin with is entitled Avoid Self-Hate. Do you suffer with self-hate? Many of us do. Do you even recognize that you may be hating yourself? It wasn't until the loss of my mother that I realized that different things in my life affect me differently. After that time of loss, I began a whole process, a whole lifestyle of self-hate. Now, let me give you some examples, just using myself, and maybe that's you. I've walked outside the house, forgot my coffee cup, had to come back in the house to get the coffee cup, go back outside, dadgummit, I forgot something else. I forgot the key to the office, come back inside, grab the key to the office, go back outside, well, darn, I forgot one more thing. I get back in that car. I begin to hate on myself. I mean, how stupid am I? I can't remember a, a doggone thing. I didn't focus on anything positive, anything that went good that day. I focused on the things that didn't go well. Have you found this with yourself? If so, we need to talk a little bit about strategies to help avoid self-hate. In addition, we need to talk about some of the things that will help us to avoid this altogether. And avoiding self-hate involves practicing self-compassion, challenging negative thoughts, but most importantly, building self-esteem. We have to focus on our strengths. We have to set goals. We have to seek support from friends, family, maybe even professionals if needed. Because the thing about self-hate is, you can't escape yourself. So if you're having this, it could lead to detrimental effects. Some have decided to not be with us anymore. And we don't want that. that that's not a solution. We want to work on that just as we would any other flaw. Remember that everyone has flaws and treating yourself with kindness can help to counteract self-hate. 
So let's talk about some strategies to avoid this altogether. First of all, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, practicing self-compassion. See, we need to treat ourselves with the same kindness, the same understanding that you would offer to a friend facing a similar situation. We have to acknowledge our own imperfections without judgment. Now, let's think about that because the whole concept of self-hate is judgment of self. So we have to acknowledge, hey, we're imperfect and not, and not judge ourselves. Not feel like I did. What an idiot I am. Now, that's, that's not what you want to do. That doesn't build self-esteem. The next thing that we want to do is to challenge negative thoughts altogether. See, we have to become aware of negative self-talk and challenge those thoughts by asking ourselves if they're rational. Are they based on evidence? And we want to replace them with more balanced and positive perspectives. Otherwise, these negative thoughts will take over. They become us. We want to set realistic expectations. Let's avoid standards that we can't reach or aim for unachievable goals. All of that will just beat us up. We have to acknowledge the accomplishments that we've made, no matter how small they may seem. And we also have to realize that our standards are for ourselves, not try to be someone else. And they shouldn't try to be us. Let's be who we are and be happy with who we are. Cultivating gratitude. Yes, we want to focus on the positive aspects of our lives. Are you grateful for yourself? Well, surely you're grateful for your friends. You may be grateful for others in your life, your family. But you should also be grateful for yourself. And when you are, this can help shift your perspective away from self-criticism. You have to look at yourself and say in that mirror that I am a wonderful person. I'm a great human being. That has to be cultivated. Otherwise will fail. We want to surround ourselves with positivity. And you know how we can do that? We can spend our time with people who uplift us and support our well-being. We can minimize these interactions with people who bring us down. And you know what? The people that love us most will accept us as who we are. Maybe we have some imperfections, but you know what? They love that about us too. Another thing that we want to do, and I know that it seems like we're going through a lot, but it is a lot to this. It's not something we should say in a couple of sentences and just move on. That's the problem. A lot of times with self-care, we just try to move on. We don't take care of ourselves and realize that we definitely need to love oneself. We want to make sure that, as mentioned before, that we accept our own imperfections because we do it with others. Let's be honest. We know that our friends, family, children, spouses, they're, nobody's perfect. We have to embrace our flaws because you know what? 
It's the flaws that make us unique. It's the flaws that make us human. I once brought this car and I didn't realize, it was a used car, and I didn't realize till weeks later that the car had two different sets of wheels on it. <laughs> because if I stood on one side of the car, it had one set of wheels. But on the other side, on the passenger side, there was a complete different set of wheels. So you know what I did with that? I didn't go back and complain to the dealer. I didn't do any of that. You know what? I said, that's what makes that car unique. And actually, I named the car unique because... In most cases, when people saw it, they just saw this pretty car. They never noticed the wheels either. But that's what made it unique. Well, that's about us. People look at us and they see that we are beautiful. They see the inside of us, the outside of us. They don't see these imperfections like we do because, see, we know ourselves better than they do. So we know everything we ever did wrong. All that. See, other people don't see it. So we want to not see it. We want to look over those things. We want to embrace our flaws instead of ridicule ourselves. And also, many of us out there in the listening audience, I've got some folks to tell me that they actually engage in self-care. These individuals will even buy presents for themselves. Do you buy presents for yourself? Do you go out and say, hey, I like that shirt. Or maybe I'm going to buy myself an ice cream cone. Whatever it is, take care of yourself. Love yourself. Promote your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. And this could include uh, doing exercise, maybe. It could be hobbies that we talk about every podcast. We talk about hobbies. Maybe you could pick one of those up. Relaxation techniques. Spend time doing the things that you love. Now, if things get a little bit beyond what we can take, there's nothing wrong with seeking professional help. If it becomes overwhelming or as persistent, nothing wrong with talking to a therapist or a counselor who can provide guidance and strategies to manage all of these feelings. Another thing that's hard for us is that oftentimes we can't forgive ourselves. Maybe we made some past mistake. We've got to forgive ourselves. Holding on to guilt or shame can contribute to self-hate to the point that we can't reverse it. We don't do, do that at all. We have to remember that developing self-acceptance, self-love, forgiveness, all these things, just like with another person, it takes time and consistent effort. So while we're working on ourselves, let's be patient with ourselves. And let's celebrate the progress that we make along the way. Again, no matter how small it may seem, it's actually huge. Because when we look at ourselves, we don't give ourselves the credit we should. Another thing, you're going to hear me say that a lot. Another thing, because there's a few things we want to do, is practice self-kindness. Do you have a dear friend? I guarantee with that dear friend that you offer words of encouragement and support. Otherwise, they wouldn't be your friend. They wouldn't be around. 
And when they go through challenging times, don't you give them the support they need? Don't you give them the time they need? Don't you give them the love that they need? Well, what about yourself? You need time. You need love. You need support. You need encouragement. Give it to yourself. Don't turn around and look at things in a negative fashion. You need you. Love you. Nothing wrong with that. And as we continue to do that, we can continue to focus on our self-improvement. Instead of dwelling on perceived shortcomings, let's challenge our energy into personal growth and development. We can learn new skills, as we mentioned earlier. We can take up interests that we might enjoy. So in that, we can gain some type of self-improvement. Some folks have decided, they woke up one day and said, you know, I'm not happy with what I do for a living. And then they just changed it all together. They found a new skill, or maybe they found something else in life that they always wanted to do, but never did. And now they've picked this time in their life to do that. Guess what? I'm one of those people. I've always enjoyed talking with others. I've always wanted to do something that was in somewhat of an entertainment field. Well, guess what? Here I am talking to you. So I woke up one day and I had uh, some negative energy. I was talking to my father. He said, well, why don't you do that? Here's a, an avenue for you to take on a whole new world. And here I am. And I enjoy it. And it changed me. So the same with you. I'm nobody that I did something that's extraordinary nobody's ever done. No, you can do the same thing too. You just have to get it in yourself and channel that energy and make positive improvement. We want to also make sure that our environment is positive. I've walked into some friend's house, and, and we're going to talk about the males here for a minute. We'll pick on them. And everything's dark and drab. What's with men and gray colors and beige and brown? And they're just, oh, it's just so boring. See, what we have to do is, is decorate our living space with items that inspire us, make us feel good about ourselves. Matter of fact, I won't turn on this podcast microphone until I'm in a very positive environment. I do it in one place. That's my happiest place. And so I'm happy with you. If I was in some drab, brown, dark room, it would probably come across. That positivity wouldn't be there. So every one of us have to put ourselves in an environment that makes us happy. I have a friend of mine. She has a Build-A-Bear named Shuri. Shuri from Black Panther. You know what she does? She takes that Build-A-Bear with her. If she's not having something positive going on in her life, Shuri brings that positivity. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Whatever it is in your life that brings it to you, we have to make sure that we create for ourselves a positive environment. Another fault that we have, many of us, and probably all of us to some extent, is comparing ourselves socially. 
we live in a time that's a little different than 10, 15 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago, maybe 15, you would look at a certain person and go, I want to be like that person. Now, that was bad enough. But what we do today is we go on to social media with a thousand different people out there. And we go, I want to be like those people. Well, we can't be like a thousand different people. And their lifestyle, they may want to be like us if they knew who we were. But we can't constantly compare ourselves to others. You know why? Because what that will develop is feelings of inadequacy. Because we'll never be them. But guess what? They'll never be us. But if we sit around and we try to be somebody else, we're going to feel inadequate. We're going to not focus on our progress. We're not going to focus on our individual journey. And our journey is of most importance. Self-validation is another. We got to trust our own judgment. We got to trust our own opinions. We got to trust our own feelings and experiences, even if they differ from others. Now, that is the hardest one to do, in my opinion, because it's so easy to just go along with the norm. It's hard to be different, but there's nothing wrong with being different. We're each created differently. So we should embrace our differences. We need to look at ourselves and know that we're valid and follow through. Let's not try to be somebody else. You know, there's nothing wrong, too, with writing affirmations. For me, I have a, a, a host of poems. You've heard them. I say them in our sunflower message. But there's a host of poems and songs that give positive affirmations. What that does is it counteracts self-hate. I will literally play songs that just give me what I need for that day. And we can repeat them daily because that reinforces self-love and self-worth. One more thing that I want to bring up too is that once we start looking at others and giving acts of kindness, it can boost our own self-worth. There's times that we may see someone that needs help. Maybe it's a person on the street. They just need a sandwich, something to drink. We give that person what they need. That act of kindness reminds us of what? It reminds us that we have a positive impact on the world around us. It might have been one person we helped that day, but you know what? We helped somebody. So we're good. We can boost our own self-worth by helping other people. Remember, friends, we are not perfection. Nothing about us is perfect. But you know what? Nobody out there is. Everybody's imperfect. Everybody has imperfections. So let's not look at ourselves and think that we should wake up in the morning and do everything right. We want to look at ourselves regularly, take time to reflect on our thoughts and feelings, and make sure that we never try to embrace perfection, embrace our imperfections, and also do things that may help us to gain insight onto our emotions and patterns of self-hate. Maybe journaling would help. 
We want to make sure that we remove those patterns away from us altogether. Let's keep in mind that the journey to avoiding self-hate, it's ongoing. But it's okay. It's okay to have setbacks. We want to be gentle with ourselves and continue to implement the strategies that we talked about. And over time, we'll develop a healthier relationship with ourselves, cultivate greater self-acceptance, and most importantly, we want to remember that we can't love anyone else until we love ourselves. Rising drug costs are pushing people to forego needed care. They're foregoing their groceries and even rent, causing many Americans to warm up to new, more affordable ways of getting their meds. When asked about their experience with drug costs over the past few years, 64% of respondents said the prices of their meds had gone up and these outpaced inflation with 45% of people saying price hikes have exceeded 10%. That perspective aligns with troubling statistics nationwide, which show that thousands of product prices have undergone rapid growth. One report from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services found that 1,216 drugs saw a faster than inflation increase from 2021 to 2022, with an average surge of 31% for those drugs. The affordability crisis, which is occurring alongside a volatile economy, is significantly impacting customers' day-to-day lives. One survey found that over the past few years, more than two in five respondents, that's 44%, have chosen not to fill a prescription because of the cost. What a shame. Healthcare is not an option, people. This is something that's a necessity. And if you multiply that number, I just said, across the U.S. adult population, that's more than 100 million people who potentially skipped or delayed needed care because of the cost. And the United States has a particular problem that is not seen in other countries. Marked price increases on existing drugs. That's the problem. Marked price increases. Between the years of 2017 to now, the United States has spent over $10 billion solely due to price increasing on the existing brand name cancer drugs. In the same period, the rest of the world spent a billion less due to decreases in the prices of the same drug. But nothing illustrates this problem better than the price of insulin. And we know how many diabetics there are in America. One vial of Humalog, which is the insulin Lispro, that cost $21.1999, is now priced at over $400. In January of 2022, drug makers increased prices on over 250 drugs by approximately 10%. See, prescription drug prices increased out of range compared to other governments. 
we are consistently seeing numbers get completely out of hand. And what about new drugs? Well, the prices of new drugs in the U.S. have climbed more than a decade. According to a research letter in the Journal of the American Medical Association, the launch prices of new brand name drugs increased by nearly 11% every year from 2008 to 2021. And these prices are increasing far out of proportion to other healthcare services. Ultimately, all healthcare costs are borne by consumers, either direct out-of-pocket costs, higher premiums, taxes, or public health insurance. But whenever this is calculated and we look into the facts, the researchers limited their scope to drugs sold by public companies that the net prices average included nearly 400 new drugs in total. And in each of those, the price market had increased. As a matter of fact, the median drug prices for year supply increased from $2,115 in 2008 to more than $180,000 in 2022. And the greatest increases were for cancer drugs and therapies used to treat rare diseases. In 2008, 9% of drugs cost $150,000 or more a year, compared to 47% in 2021. Drugs costing $150,000 or more. In 2022, per capita spending on prescription drugs was an average of $858 compared with an average of $400 for 19 other industrialized nations. In the United States, prescription medications now compromise an estimated 17% of overall personal health care services. So what is the conclusion? What are we saying? Well, the fact of the matter is that drugs are costing more and more every year. Now, we're not talking about drugs out here on the open market. We're talking about drugs that are rewarded or awarded rights by the Food and Drug Administration, getting their approval by patents. The availability of generic drugs after a drug has its exclusivity period is a means of reducing prices in the United States. If we would just say, well, hey, this generic drug can come along shortly after they bring out the the one that was exclusive, then we might see a change. But no, all of this exclusivity, all of this running straight through government payment plans, all of these things are key contributors to drugs increasing, drugs that we need. We need insulin if you're a diabetic. If you're a cancer patient, you need what's being given to you. But in this country, we're seeing increases by the thousands. And now people are having to choose whether to take their medication or die. So now we have to ask ourselves, when we get to the point that people can't even afford proper health care. And even if they did, 
They might not be able to afford the prescriptions given. The question remains, how did we get here? Our hobby for today is flower arranging. And this was given to us by one of our listeners. They make flower arrangements as a hobby. And I imagine it's a great one. There's going to be several benefits to making flower arrangements. Whether you're using fresh or silk flowers, it's got to be productive. Because the one thing that we know, that flowers make people happy. They make people less stressed. And that's why no matter where you go, whatever business or what have you, they strive to have flowers somewhere in their atrium or whatever. Because anywhere flowers are, it gives instantaneously a positive impact on the mood every time someone sees them. It also creates a sense of connection and intimacy with loved ones. My mother loved floral arrangements. So I would see her many times arrange her own. I began to learn as well how to arrange flowers. And so did our listener that wrote this in to us. See, when you make these flower arrangements yourself, instead of paying somebody else for their time to do it, you get a sense of pride, accomplishment, and creativity. So we can skip the florist and do some of this ourselves. And we're going to give a few quick tips for making flower arrangements. First, you want to pick out your vase before your flowers. Because when you decide on the size, shape, color of your vase or your, your container, you narrow down the type of color of flowers you're going to use. You also narrow down the length of these flowers and you're able to create what comes into your head. And sometimes if you pick a vase that just attracts you, maybe it's a, a, a gold vase, maybe it's a clear one. Or maybe it has color, it's blue or purple. Then once you pick that vase, you can pick flowers that go right along with that arrangement. You can then establish a color palette. So that's the first thing we've got to do. We've got to pick out our vase. And then when we go from there, we start picking out the flowers. Now, once you start to pick out your flowers, yes, color is exciting. It draws you in. But we also want to make sure that we put the ones together that seem to flow together, that work with each other. Because when we select our greenery, we want to make sure that we have a mix. We want to have the showy flowers. We want to have the ones that focus. And then we want to have our filler flowers. But of course, it's the showy ones that's going to be the star of the design. And we want to make sure that we put this together in a way that draws interest, but also can physically hold up the flowers in the arrangement. Now, moving on from there, we want to make sure that we just don't have things just flopping around. So we want to make sure we have a foundation that supports the physical structure within the vase in order to hold up the flower. Just like with any other thing we build, we have to build our foundation first. Well, that's the same thing with the flowers. If not, 
they'll just fall all over the place and it'll be a huge frustration and then we'll just give up. And none of us want to do that. So another stressor can be how to arrange these flowers. It's an entire process. We want to make sure that we have stems that interlock together, keeping the flowers in place. We can also readjust them inside the vase. We want to move them around and see which way that some look better. Maybe we want some to focus up more than others. Maybe we want those showy flowers more in the middle or more on the outside. That's all up to the artist. That's all up to you. If you get into this, it's just going to be a load of fun finding out what your niche is. And don't forget, lastly, to feed your flowers. You want to make sure that you put flower food in the water, in the vase, to make sure that these flowers can cut down on bacteria, but also they'll perk up and look like they're smiling as they're standing erect. So one thing to remember in conclusion, that we want to make these beautiful and we want to have fun. And in order to do both, it's going to take us, take us a little bit of practice. Nothing we do, none of these hobbies we've talked about are easy. So what we can do is we can watch and learn from others and hone our own skills. There's also a host of YouTube videos out there, as well as other ways to go online, see what others are doing, and adopt some of that into our design. But most importantly, remember that you are the artist and your design should shine more than any other. So let's go out and find some flowers. First, get that vase, and then let's make a beautiful arrangement. For our sunflower message, I've been waiting for this, and you guys probably didn't know, but you've been waiting too. So the very name, if you go back to the first podcast, the very name sunflower message came from a friend of ours named Amy. And guess who's in the studio with us today as a guest. Oh, we love guests and we don't get enough of them. So Amy's going to give us our sunflower message. And as a matter of fact, it's just going to be short and sweet. But the point is, is here she is here with us today. So Amy, what is our sunflower message? In case no one told you today, you're beautiful. You're loved. You're needed. You're alive for a reason. You're going to get through this. I'm glad you're alive and don't give up. Isn't that beautiful? That's what we've been waiting on. Short, sweet message. Thank you, Amy. We love it. We love it. And we need those words of affirmation. As we talked about at the beginning of our podcast, boy, we need that self-love. We need to love ourselves. So, Notice how she kept it. She kept it short and sweet, but those words of affirmation mean so much more if you repeat them to yourself. On Cash App, dollar sign Live Laugh Talk, and on Twitter at Live Laugh Talker, you can probably say it for me. Remember to donate. We need the help. We need the support. These podcasts are not free. Any and everything is appreciated. And if you just go on to Spotify and say, hey, I want to donate, it's right there for you. Hit the dollar sign on Spotify. Go ahead and donate. You'll feel better about yourself. We promise. 
Also, remember to rate us the highest on your podcast platform. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your peers, tell your coworkers. We need it. This is James and George's baby boy, along with Amy, signing off. And as you know, I can't wait to talk with you again soon.